Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's a WWE 367. WWE full of love of money, and I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Dan. How you doing, man? I am doing very well. It's uh, It's been a while since I've last seen you, James. We haven't <laughs> done a podcast together for ages. Do you know what? They're like buses. You know, you don't do one for ages, and all of a sudden... Ten come along at once, Dan. Who would have thought that this would have been? But I tell you what, though, it has been a while since you've done WWE, though, hasn't it? It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been a very long time. I've kind of, you know, I've briefly checked in with results, but I don't think much has changed over the landscape of the past few months. Well, you shall hope. So we're going to catch up with from Hell in a Cell right up to date because we will be hours from Money in the Bank. Uh, let's get to it. So, of course, Hell in a Cell has moved from its normal October date, Dan, to a June date. Uh, the night after June 21st, WWE Raw, we have five qualifiers. Uh, Bob and MVP started Raw smirking, Dan. James, they did not have cigarettes in the gob. They came out smiling. Uh, that well, And then New Day came out. Well, Kingston said his win over Lashley last month should make him number one contender for the WWE Championship and played the footage to rub it in. Lashley accepted the challenge, who also agreed to face Woods tonight inside Hell in a Cell. Yeah, not a bad way to start roaring up next. Ricochet versus AJ Styles. They're incapable of that match, but even when they feuded for the assault, it didn't have a five-star match. This wasn't it either, but it's still very nice. Yes, and the Viking Raiders ran down and started fighting with Omos at ringside. The big man ended up getting sent through the barricade. This distracted Styles long enough for Ricochet to recover and counter the phenomenal forearm with a knee to the face for the win. Yes, yeah, so a bit of a shock. Ricochet qualifies for Money in the Bank. Up next, Riddle talking about his stash. And then another Money in the Bank qualifier. We've got Oscar Nomi versus Eva. And the new Dewdrop. Dewdrop. So that is what they're calling Piper. So, I wow. mean, you love you, you had to go Jake something last night, Dan. So go on, Dewdrop. Both barrels. Go on, son. That is absolutely an awful name. I mean, it kind of does no justice to uh, Piper Niven who we both absolutely admire. And hopefully they don't just kind of ridicule Dewdrop and they kind of give her the credit that this woman deserves. I think without a doubt. So what did they get up to in the match? Well, as soon as Dewdrop had Naomi in a precarious position, Eva tagged herself in and made a cover for a two count. Two! When she tried to tag back out, Dewdrop refused and dropped from the apron. Naomi rolled up Eva for the victory. So it looks like last week they debut, and now it looks like they um, were splitting up, maybe. Well, at least Oscar and Naomi won as a fan of Niven. Great to see her toe-to-toe with Oscar. And I've got to say, Dan, it is perfectly set for Lynch to return and win the briefcase. When you think about what happened last year at Money in the Bank, you know, with, with Oscar winning and Lynch having to relinquish it, was there a better, you know, it would be perfect. It would be absolutely brilliant, and it's like it was kind of set in stone, you know. It's uh, She had to give up money in the bank, and she kind of came back and redeemed herself at money in the bank. Well, speaking of women's title, Charlotte was given a rematch at uh, money in the bank. And then our next match, Dan? Uh, up next is Randy Orton versus John Morrison, and Riddle the Tit ro- rode his scooter down to chase the Miz away after he used one of Morrison's drip sticks. The distraction allowed Morrison to hit Starship Payne for the upset victory. Yeah, so your man Orton losing to Morrison. Because? That, what? Go on. Well, because of that twat, innit? Well, look, he's trying to help RK-Bro. No, he's fucking it up, innit? What he's going fuck off. What twat. are your thoughts on RK-Bro, Dan? I mean, you know, I know we're not talked about on it. Matt Riddle, one of your favourites, well, of I course, think, in NXT. I think Orton's kind of doing a good thing and putting, trying his best to help someone who is struggling on his own and putting his name to... WWE obviously doesn't think is good enough to go at it on his own. Can you polish a turd? Well, only time will tell. You know, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, can you? Well, I felt like I haven't seen this match often with Orton and Morrison. Clean-shaven Orton. I get that feeling of more hill and vicious, Dan. I mean, with his runs. What I mean, what's your favourite Randy Orton look? I mean, I know he's tight and um, ripped, obviously. Well, I do like the, uh, <coughs> the, the short hair with the, the bit of stubble. I think that's kind of good, but you know, as, as long as he keeps his area waxed and it doesn't obscure the view, I, I, I'm not fast. Well, no, I, I think it's fair. Uh, this felt like a bigger shot because Orton's so established. Johnny Drip Drip beats Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton back-to-back weeks, so he's got a bit of momentum by his side. He has indeed, Jess. And Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross paired up again for this tag team match against Nia, Bax, uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Fucking hell, I'm trying to combine their names. The winners earn spots in the women's Money in the Bank match. Bliss debuted a new theme song, but Cross upped her by having a new music and a new look with a superhero-inspired outfit. 
cross-channeled Mighty Molly as she posed like a comic book character at different points during her initial standoff with Basler. Well, miscommunication <laughs> led to Jackson dropping off the apron. Bliss made Reggie almost slap Jackson in the face while Cross took advantage of the situation. Situation. To roll Baser up for win. So, my question is, will Kaylee Ray debut as the Hamburglar after turning Nikki Cross into hero? And, Dan, it's as bad as we feared as well. And, of course, we've got Dewdrop. I mean, what is this? It's just very, very sloppy. Let's hope Cross can have a big 2021. We've seen before the kind of comedy character can have a... Maybe a short shelf life, but quite successful. I mean, look at Eugene, you know, or or character like that. Well, yeah, you know, these kind of characters aren't long lived, but what much else is there that Cross can do? I mean, she's tried to play the the nut one, which we absolutely both yeah. enjoyed, but I think she's been out nutted by Alexa Bliss and her current character at the moment. So, I think with Cross, it's kind of like, right, what other path shall I take that's going to make me stand out? And, you know, the only other one is kind of a, a Mighty Molly kind of uh, Hurricane Helms-esque character. Yeah, and that's what we're saying. Well, backstage we see Ginger, Jinder, Jeff, Cedric and Seamus argue they deserve to be money in the bank. And when you think about those four talents that you could maybe say there is a chance. Uh, another money in the bank qualifier, it's McIntyre versus Riddle. Well, after several... <laughs> Shut up! It's McIntyre versus Riddle. <laughs> After several counters, McIntyre hit the Future Shot DDT for a close two count. Two. They went back and forth until Riddle scored the upset victory with a pinning combination that he was taught by Randy Orton because obviously Randy Orton inspires everyone and everyone wants to be just like the Viper. Um, Thoughts, James? Don't be. Uh, Well, yes, exactly. But (laughs) Orton wasn't happy with Riddle winning. And Woods put Lashley on the table and put him through it with a diving elbow, but he still couldn't get the pin. So you've moved on to the next match. Let me go. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right, so Drew is fantastic at selling and with the finish on this. Riddle's on the roll. He's a more but good worker. Of course, he's beaten Randy Orton in the past. So um, building momentum against it's Drew McIntyre. Or wasn't happy with Riddle winning as well. And then on to the main event, Dan. Um... <laughs> It is, of course, hell in a cell, and it's uh, Woods versus Bobby Lashley. And Woods put Lashley on the table, put him through it with a dynamo, but he still couldn't get The Almighty sent him into a chair that was wedged into the corner before he nailed a spear. Lashley applied the hurt lock for the submission victory, and then MVP locked Kingston out of the cage as he watched helplessly as Lashley continued to punish Woods in the hurt lock. Well, Woods has been great this year, and the way it ended with Kingston watching his friend be tortured was perfect because it makes the feud with Lashley that much more personal. It used to be just about titles, now it's about getting retribution. Uh, this is one of the best episodes of Raw in recent memory from in ring perspective. We even saw a few upset wins that made the show more unpredictable as well. So up next, uh, on to a bit of uh, injury news. Yes, Montez Ford, one half of WWE Smack teams, the Street Profits, reportedly underwent surgery. According to sources, Ford underwent a voluntary surgery that wasn't related to a storyline, and it isn't expected to keep him out for any significant length of time. He tweeted a photo of himself from a hospital bed on Thursday. Yeah, so then we move on to June 25th, SmackDown. Backstage, Jimmy Uso broke the news to Roman Reigns that his brother Jay is not coming back to Jimmy said he can do what his brother does, to which the tribal chief told him to prove it tonight. In a Thunderdome, SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair cut a celebratory promo following her victory over Bailey at Hell. Seth Rollins interrupted and touted his own victory. Bailey joined the fray and from there reiterated Rollins' assertions that Belair's win at the event was a fluke. Well, after an attack by Bailey to the EST, Soro made a save and joined Belair in clearing the hills from the ring. This led to a mixed tag match with the Hills one, with Bailey hit the rose plant. And why is Belair Banks, uh, why is Belair Bailey still a thing? This is a kind of pointless segment. They've faced twice now since WrestleMania. It's a good match, but it could be, it should be with the talent. And Bailey and Rollins, though, have got great combat. They've got this kind of shit-eating smile that they both use, which is really working at this moment in time. Would you like to see the uh, Mixed Match Challenge come back? Do you know what? If the Mixed Match Challenge was to come back, that would be brilliant use of it. Well, backstage on SmackDown, Jimmy asked Paul Heyman what Rod Rod meant by prove it. Heyman told him to win a match and Jimmy agreed to it, asked him to set it up. Well, she said fucking Nakamura's out for his King Living coronation and Rick Boogs was out to support him. Corbin was backstage watching the celebration look sad as he pondered about his future on SmackDown. McCaffrey had one of his episodes on commentary as well. 
Well, Rollins was backstage with Deville and Pierce, asking them for a match against Roman Reigns for the Universal title. He said they will think it through before they make anything official. Well, the change of demeanour from Rollins as well was kind of laughing kind of crazily and then actually very serious and saying, like, look, you know the accomplishments that I've done, you know what I've achieved, so why not? And you, It's hard to argue, really, when he says it like that. Well, are you liking this, Rollins? It's it's different. It's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. When, you know, that Messiah thing that he had, and then he's kind of changed it now to a kind of... I always kind of compare it to like Batman villains. Do you know what I mean? The kind of maniacal thing about that. And now he's got the kind of humour as well, but it can be serious. Do you think he's changing up a bit too much? I mean, like it seems like every year he's got a new kind of Seth Rollins coming out. I mean, he had like the kind of burn it down thing. He had the shield thing. He had the authority thing. He's had kind of, you know, loads of different ones going all the way. I, I think it's true, but I think it's the freshness and it keeps him there in the top matches and, and you know, the chance to qualify for money in the bank for doing this. As you can see, you know, how crazy he is with different things and at least, uh, you know, he's dripped spot on at this moment in time as well. But we can move on to a money in the bank qualifier. It's Big E versus Apollo. Outside the ring, Big E hit an Uranagi, but Aziz dragged him away and tried to hit the Nigerian nail. Aziz was sent backstage while he managed to hit the big ending. Yeah, this was a great match. It's good to see Big E get the win in this one. Yes, nice seeing me with a bit of momentum. Sami Zayn was an, in an interview backstage on SmackDown and was shocked to face Kevin Owens next week for a Money in the Bank qualifier match. Zayn was convinced that WWE was conspiring against him and Pierce said that he had to qualify like everyone else and win the ladder match. Sami was furious even before Pierce decided to make it a last man standing match next week on SmackDown between him and KO. Yeah, so that would be a hell of a match between these two guys with so much history as well. Do you think it's good that like these two a lot of great some great matches between them in the past and hopefully in a last man standing match this should be an absolute barn burner. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think what they've proved as well is they can do it either face or heel. You know, we look at how we knew it back in the day with Sami Zayn being the kind of ultimate babyface. And now he's kind of piece of shit here with a conspiracy theory. And Owens is beloved. And it just shows you you can carry on with, with that sort of thing. Uh, Sonia Deville was out next. And that's the first women's money in the bank ladder match entrant for the blue brand. It was cut. Liv Morgan came out and mocked Carmella for attacking her. Sonia broke it up and told Liv to earn a spot in the match by beating her. Well, Carmella went for some more offence and got in a modified Hurricane Rana, but Liv managed to roll her up for a quick victory. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of segments here, and as for the match, it was kind of blink, and you will miss it. Up next, we get Jimmy Uso versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Samoa Drop sent Ziggler to a near fall before Jimmy took another zigzag, where we recorded and hit Ziggler with a super kick to get the win on SmackDown. This is a good match, but Ziggler's win-loss record must be shocking. In the annals of professional wrestling, is another wrestler that's had a worse kind of win-loss than Ziggler? I don't think there is. I mean, <laughs> kind of all oh, from the days when he was in Spirit Squad. <laughs> um, you know, he has really been kind of up and down. He's had highs and lows. But the thing is, yeah, let's bring him back so we can beat him. You know what I mean? Or have a match with Goldberg at, at SummerSlam so we can beat you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, go on. Like, we can the Miz so we can beat you as well. It'd be great. Uh, even with the tag team matches, like, we're teaming up with McIntyre so they can beat you. <laughs> You'll take the pin. Uh, we see Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns stood in the centre of the ring following a commercial break. A former willing and eager to remind the fans of his client's dominance last year. With no other option after humbling the roster, he turned the mic over to Reigns for something that has never been done on network television. Instead, honesty played over the PA system and exploded through the curtain. His first appearance since WrestleMania 37. Edge pummeled Reigns, slamming into the announce table. He delivered a spear and set up a concerto, but Jimmy Uso made the save. Edge fended him off and delivered a spear, driving Uso through the barricade. He stood tall as Reigns and Heyman's retreated to close out the show. It was brilliant. Fantastic way to end SmackDown. And Edge looked great. Wow, you, you talk about how can they improve television, and they do that by bringing back Edge. Dan, Edge versus now looks like it's going to be set for Money in the Bank. But again, WWE, you know, setting up uh, another great surprise after getting so much flack over it. They are, yeah, um... You know, for for every ten things they probably do wrong, I think they do about three things right in WWE. And this is something, obviously, that is going to be looked forward to. I think that doubt. And again, a great way to end SmackDown. Uh, move on to June 28th for all. 
Well, Riddle won a battle royal to keep Orton's hopes alive for the Money in the Bank, with Orton no longer able to compete in the last chance Money in the Bank qualifier match. WWE officials Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville devised a battle royal filled with Money in the Bank hopefuls to take his place. Nevertheless... Well, why isn't Priest in the Money in the Bank match? I mean, this is why you can't build younger stars. Uh, best part was Priest and Riddle at the end. They had, did have great chemistry. As we saw on the documentary about Priest and him and Riddle back, uh, you talk about releases. I mean, the Battle Royal featured Dougal, Lack, Mansoor, Angle Garza, R-Truth, Tazara, Viking Raiders, Ali, Carrillo, Jinder, Priest, Jafali, and Alexander. I mean, why keep the shit ones down? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a money saving thing or I, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. <laughs> but <laughs> up next, Cross took on Basler. Bliss watched from ringside, then took out Jax and Reginald with a couple of well placed kicks, but Basler didn't let it distract her. Cross was able to tie up Basler's arm and roll her up for the pin. Well, it may be bad storytelling, but Nikki wins and is trying her best. But just remember the last comedy character to win Money in the Bank was Otis last year. And that didn't go fucking according to plan, did it? So. Uh, no. Well, Kingston came out and spoke about having to watch his best friend be brutally attacked last week inside Hell in a Cell. He talked about how people have disrespected Woods for long enough by not admitting how good he is. Well, MVP came out with a woman who had been hanging around in recent weeks. He said the idea Kingston beat Lashley for the W title is ridiculous. He told Kingston that Lashley enjoyed, enjoyed destroying Woods last week. Kingston recalled some recent events to show how it would be possible to take the belt from... Kingston ended up going down and taking out MVP with a trouble in paradise. Yeah, MVP Kofi is money. And there's a great... When MVP realised shit... Lashley's not here to protect me. Kofi's like, yeah, I'm going to get you. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Next, Oscar, Naomi versus Eva Marie and Doudrop. Well, Eva called for a tag before pulling her arm away and dropping off the apron. Doudrop recovered and took out Oscar and Naomi by herself to secure the win. Eva looked completely shocked but grabbed the mic and announced herself as the winner. Well, Oscar dancing to Naomi's entrance was great. Apart from that, I was just waiting for Niven to snap and take out um, Eva Marie. Uh, Morrison faced Ricochet for the first time on Raw. They had times in Lucha Underground. The Miz used a wheelchair to block Ricochet from getting to Morrison. So Ricochet jumped over hit, uh, jumped over him to hit a Hurricane Rana. He grabbed another drip stick and sprayed the A-lister. Do you know what a drip stick is? I mean, Morrison's been using it because he's Johnny Drip Drip now. So these are the kind of just like a water. Uh, it's just like a pump with water in it. They're trying to trademark the drip stick. Any, any thoughts on that, Dan? No, we'll continue if you want. Ricochet ended up hitting a springboard crossbody to the outside that sent him and Morrison over the barricade. Neither man could beat the 10 count back in the ring. Yeah, this was great all round. Uh, Charlotte Talley and Tamina versus Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose and Rhea Ripley next. Rose tagged in but was quickly grounded with a big boot from the Queen that scored her the win. Ripley hit her with a chop block after the match was over just to get the last laugh. Yeah, it's just so repetitive. Not bad as a match. And then W's having Riker beat themselves with a leather strip. We're supposed to buy him his baby face because, Dan, we know if you're a good guy, you get the belt and you hit yourself over the back with it, don't you? Well, I've seen you do it before. Absolutely. I yeah. always do that. Yeah. When, whenever I put a belt on. <laughs> Obviously. Well, Riker beat Elias in a terrible strap match afterwards. And then your main event, Drew McIntyre versus Riddle versus AJ Styles. Well, phenomenal one look, locked in the calf crusher right before Riddle limped his way back to the ring with his ankle wrapped up. He put Styles in the bro mission, but McIntyre broke it up. Riddle nailed Styles with a huge knee and an RKO before Omos pulled his partner out of the ring. McIntyre drilled the bro with a claymore for the win. Yeah, great match. McIntyre gets the win back, obviously. Um, allow, like a rumble, 15 triple threat, but Riddle also pulled a flare in this one. So, right, so the layout of this match, I'll just read my notes. It's like, you remember the Royal Rumble 2015 uh, triple threat match with Lesnar and Rollins involved in that? Yeah. Basically like that, but Riddle also took time out to then return. If Riddle had hooked the leg, he would have got the win, but he didn't. Fantastic main event to another good Raw. And then we move on to SmackDown July 2nd. Well, we started with a recap of last week and then Edge made his entrance on this day. Well, he admitted disappointed with the way WrestleMania went. Then listen to the number of complaints he had with the way things went down in that main adventure threat match against Reigns and Daniel Bryan for the Universal title. Edge wrapped up his promo by expressing confidence in his ability to beat Reigns at Money in the Bank 
and vowing to dethrone him two weeks from Sunday night. Well, surely Edge winning the money in the bank cash on Reigns would have made more sense to the ultimate opportunist. Well, don't call me Shirley, but I think that would have been perfectly how the story should have went. Well, when Edge is on, there's almost no one better. Right, what about, yeah, if, say, for example, Rollins wins money in the bank, cashes it in to turn it into a triple threat match, but Edge hits Rollins with the spear, gets the victory on this day! <laughs> New champion. Boom. Called it there. If that happens, Dan, we'll find out later because we're obviously going to run through the car because we are, like we say, just hours away from money in the bag. But the first match of the night on this SmackDown is Shinzuki Nakamura and Big E versus Baron Corbin and Apollo Crews. The only real thing of interest was Naka wearing white gear. Kingsuke Nakamura. Oh, that's very clever, Dan. I had to come up with that. Well, you know, it, it, it just comes to me. <laughs> it, it just manifested in my head. <laughs> I didn't read it off of my tablet. <clears throat> Well, Corbin looked like you in the mornings, James. Not that I see you <laughs> yeah. first. You see thing me in the first morning. thing in the morning, do you? Yeah. Occasionally. Well, well, they cut his entrance. They come out and go, King. Oh, no, sorry. No, just Baron Corbin. Bring him out to make sure it's just Baron Corbin now as well. Well, Corbin and Cruz punished Big E portion of the match until Rick Boogs, accompanying Nakamura, revealed the former United States G Wagon was being repossessed. Corbin distraught left himself open for the big ending as Big E earned the win for his team. Yeah, what was the point in this? I mean, the rest, I mean, long match to make Corbin look even more like a loser. Hopefully, we're going to get Nakamura versus Cruz for the icy title at some point. Do you remember when you was really hot on Baron Corbin? Do you remember that? Right, can I just say something? Then? You bring this up, right? Right, who I did the NXT update with, actually defended me on this because he said I made that decision based on what Baron Corbin was in NXT at the time and not what he was with the, obviously, King Corbin character or anything like that. So I think we've dealt with that already, thank you very much. But do you remember it? Well, Bailey cut a promo on Bianca Belair claiming her loss last week was not good omen for her young title reign. The EST made her way to the ring and offered a retort, admitting Bailey is in her head. So, at Money in the Bank, she wants an I Quit match for the SmackDown Women's Champion. Bailey said that if she ever said I Quit, she would probably quit wrestling altogether. Belair has no chance of winning the match, she said before accepting the challenge. Belair offered a laugh and said she cannot wait to hear Bailey say those two words at Money in the Bank. Well, this feud needs to end. No way Belair quits. Uh, I guess she's going to face the boss at SummerSlam. But you could argue Bailey has been the star of the Thunderdome. Both actually did quite well here. And then the Money Bank qualifier last man standing match, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. An ill-fated attempt at the superplex from the top rope through two tables at ringside allowed Zayn to turn the tide in his favour. Owens fought back with a fisherman suplex, but Sam, but, Zami, <coughs> but Zayn shoved Owens from the top rope through the aforementioned tables as the show headed to a second break. Well, Zayn dominated the action for several minutes. set in, leaving him to take drastic measures, re-energised Owens, fought back in the match, unleashed hell, and drove his opponent through two tables for putting away with the eighth from Powerbomb for the win. And as Simon Slap Match Pod said, he could watch these two forever. This was a pay-per-view quality match that hopefully brought this chapter of the Owens Zayn feud to a close. Both men are just fantastic. I asked these guys from Slap Match Pod and Jackson Dan, I'm going to ask you this question as well. Do Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens deserve a kind of WrestleMania 20 moment. You know when they're both celebrating goals to show what a talent they actually are. I think that would be the absolute culmination to both. You know, that would be the crown on their careers. Would you rather see that or would you rather see kind of Owens getting the Universal WWE Championship and kind of having a Rock Austin couple of matches on a WrestleMania and Sammy eventually and becoming WWE champion. That's what I said, but the possibilities are there, aren't they? Yeah. You know, I think they deserve, these two guys, especially with this kind of performance on SmackDown, deserve a chance at the top titles because they will make it work. They're fighting over nothing here. Imagine if it was for the, the grandest prize in the business and what it would mean to it, you know? Well, as long as they're not fighting over potentially becoming a tag team called yeah. The Bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Sonya Deville made her way to the ring, introducing the latest entry into the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, the returning Zelina Vega. Liv Morgan and challenged Vega to a match right here, right now, and Deville appeared to grant it, 
heading into the break. Well, with my Carmella watching on from backstage, Vega took the fight to Morgan, sees control early. There's also Morgan looking to prove herself, scored the win with a schoolgirl roll-up, holding the tights. Great way to treat the returning star. Have them lose in five minutes. She looks in great shape and a good primary. Dan, what are your thoughts on the losing Zelina Vega? Well, Zelina Vega, you kind of didn't really have her pegged as... But um, it's good to see her kind of getting some in-ring time. It's not good to see her kind of returning and losing. But, you know, with some people, they return, get a victory, get another victory. They they kind of lose momentum. But with her, she's already starting off on a road to redemption. Yeah, I think that's true, yeah. Well, backstage, Seth Rollins seethed over DeVille and Adam Pearce's decision to give Edge the Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns at one in the bank. DeVille, reveal, DeVille revealed it can be an opportunity to win a ladder match at the pay-per-view if he be qualified match next week. So hopefully the run match between... These two, Rollins will interfere in the edge match to set up SummerSlam, I think. One thing that should be a weekly segment is the DeVille reveal. <laughs> I mean, every week, DeVille should reveal something. That really should, yeah. <laughs> up next, Angelo Dawkins versus Otis. Well, Otis sporting a new look as Gable's number one guy squashed Dawkins, defeating him in short and decisive fashion. He finished him off with a Vader bomb to the delight of Gable. Well, they have taken everything away from him that made him a popular face. But it's amazing what WWE can do when they want to build a hill. I mean, look at Bobby Lashley and Apollo Crews this time last year to where they are now. Rusev Day! Rusev Day! <laughs> well, it's nice haircuts and it writes Street Profits off TV for a little while. Yeah, I would agree with you there, Dan. Uh, main event segment, Jimmy Uso made his way to the ring, called out Edge. Claiming Roman Reigns isn't there tonight. The rated R superstar appeared asking what happened to Uso. When did his backbone go? And when did he become one of Roman's bitches? Edge claimed Reigns laid the perfect trap, but not for him, for Jimmy. Edge attacked the former tag team champion, beating him down until picture perfect super kick stunned the Hall of Famer. Edge fought back, pounded away at Jimmy and trapped him in a crossface, forcing a tapper. He broke off a piece of the chair and reapplied the hold torturing Jimmy and exclaiming, I don't stop, to close out the show. Well, no reins to help. How will Jimmy react? This is great, great storytelling. Edge looked brilliant, but apart from saying and knowing, this was terrible wrestling. And we move on to Raw the 5th of July. The Miz and John Morrison opened the show with another episode of Miz TV before he brought out his first guest. The A-list had declared Johnny Drip Drip would win the briefcase. Well, Drew McIntyre came out and told a story about being related to David Crockett. Ricochet was up next and the Miz admonished him for taking such a big risk in his match with Morrison last week. Riddle rode his scooter to the ring with his ankle wrapped up due to the injury he suffered last week and said he would dedicate his win at Money in the Bank to the author. You liked that, didn't you? You liked it. You thought it was funny. Uh, oh dear. AJ Styles and Omos came down to complain about how the former wasn't pinned in a triple threat match last week, which showed in, should entitle him to a spot in a Money in the Bank match. Omos tipped over the ladder to send Riddle crashing on, to the mat on his bad leg. Styles then took a cheap shot and called while Ricochet and Morrison got into a fight. Well, the match between Ricochet and Morrison got started after the commercial break. Morrison hitting a standing Spanish fly was just one of the impressive moves we saw in the second half. Morrison took Ricochet out at ringside and The Miz helped keep him out of the ring so Joe Moe could win by countout. Well, it was a pointless opening segment. Really enjoyed the match till the lame finish. But some unlikely partnerships were featured in an eight-women tag match where Naomi, Oscar, Nikki, Ash, formerly known as Nick Frost because she's almost superhero, yes, and Alexa Bliss teamed up to face Eva Marie, Doudrop, Nia Jax and Shania Baszler. See, now this, WWE have gone a far away from the superhero in training. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, Dewdrop threw Nikki around like a ragdoll and she brought in Jax and they crushed Oscar between them by running into her at the same time. Basler broke Briss's trance on Reginald by throwing her into the barricade. It came to an end when Jax hit Nikki with a Samoan drop for the pin. Well, shit gimmicks aside, some top-class talent in this match. And Jimmy saying Nikki Jax is almost as bad as you saying Nia Black was it earlier. But this was acceptable. After several weeks of interactions backstage, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali met for a match. So Ali got his foot caught on the ropes and Mansoor helped the referee get it free. Checked on Ali. They're not getting pinned with a roll-up. Yes, another roll-up. Ali crippled. His leg was fine as he celebrated the win. This was over before it began, but it's nice to see Ali on Raw. I guess this feud continues. 
Next match, Mihal versus McIntyre. McIntyre spiked him with a future shock DDT before setting up for the Claymore. Veer and Shanky got involved before he could execute the move and cause the disqualification. Mahal stole McIntyre's sword to end the segment. Well, what a sword stealing this was here. But great chemistry. Of course, Jinder's got a new three-man band now when it comes to Veer and Shanky. But this is a few. That, this is something that needs to be looked at. We've been about Cardona and Myers not even being in the company anymore, but this has got history to it. It makes sense, doesn't it? Um, sort of. You know, kind of, they're running out of talents. Kind of feud with wrestlers so they've got to bring up. But that, make, that makes sense, though. They used to have a few genders of former WWE champion. He beat for that championship, Dan. I can't quite... Do you remember who he beat for the WWE title? Well, up I, next, No, I think, uh, no, I think it was Randy Orton, wasn't it? Yeah, Randy Also, you know, again, if it's just a person, I suppose, yeah, you're right. Who did Drew McIntyre beat for a second? Oh, no, go on. Our next match, James, yes. is Lucha House Party versus Mason and T-Bar. Yeah, well, Mason T-Bar, it's just one name, really, now. That's what I, I go with them. Uh, they looked secured, but uh, Dorado was able to score the win with a victory roll out, out of nowhere. Sorry, who? Okay, so his name is... Lince Dorado! And now you've got to correct me with a victory roll out, out of nowhere as well. Well, James, nothing happens out of nowhere but an RKO. Yeah, well, Lynch homage to Kane in the outfit's quite cool. Let's build a team as dominant, but have them lose. Well done, WWE. Up next, one of the best wrestlers of this generation versus AJ Styles, bro. Styles hit him with a modified fireman's carry slam for a near fall. The Viking Raiders appeared at ringside and allowed the distraction... Allowed Riddle to roll up Styles for the absolute shock and undeserved win. So Riddle has beaten Randy Orton and AJ Styles recently as well. He's on a roll when it comes to going to Money in the Bank. Uh, Riddle battles for injury now. And of course, um, he's beaten other people as well. Flair and Ripley argued whilst both held crown. Yes, this was awful. Both came out faking injury. Uh, two, uh, it was just disgusting. I'll move on. Two random pairings and a match this week when Elias and Cedric Alexander faced Jackson Riker and R-Truth. Well, the guitar-playing douche refused to tag into the match and backed his way up the ramp. Riker hit a spinning power slam on Alexander for the win. And Cedric is starting to get treated like a bit like a jobber now. So, um... That's not good news for him. Not at all. We'll event next, New Day versus The Hurt Business. Well, it took a few minutes for Woods to make a desperate tag to Kingston and the former WWE champion took out both opponents with a few of his signature moves before MVP took him down for a two count. Two. Kingston countered the playmaker and hit Trouble in Paradise for the pin. Yeah, not a bad main event. It told the story of MVP needing Bobby, but does Lash lead him? That is the question we're going to ask. Uh, we move on to the 6th of July. Uh, July news. Who's no? Well, news. WWE superstar Jimmy Uso was arrested Monday night in Pensacola, Florida and charged with a misdemeanor DUI. According to police records, Uso was pulled over after running a red light and driving 50 in a 35 mile an hour zone. Police said they smelled alcohol on Uso. Upon questioning him, they gave him a field sobriety test. Uso failed the test and admitted to being to drinking multiple beers before driving, so he was arrested. The 35-year-old Uso, whose real name is Jonathan Fatu, had a blood alcohol content of uh, 0.205, which is more than 2.5 times the legal limit of 0.08. Yeah, so two and a half times the legal limit is crazy. Uh, he was held on a $500 bond, but this marks the third time Uso's been arrested since 2019. The second time he's been accused of being drunk driving during that stress. He was arrested in Detroit February 2019 and charged with disorderly conduct and obstruction after getting out of the vehicle during a traffic stop with his wife, Naomi. He had to pay a fine. Then he was arrested again in Pensacola in July 2019 on the grounds with driving with unlawful blood and alcohol level. Uh, but guilty of charges in relation to July 2019 arrest. He was also arrested in 2012 for drunk driving. He was placed probation after pleading no contest. Dan, I mean, he's involved in one of the biggest stories in WWE right now. Yes, yeah, so there is no excuse for him not to be able to get a taxi. You know, it's not only putting himself in danger, but it's putting other pedestrians and other people on the road in danger. There is one thing that you don't do, and that is drink driving. No, I doubt. Well, we'll move on to injuries. Well, Bailey has suffered an in undisclosed injury and will miss approximately nine months. That sounds like the length of a pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually thought it, was, <laughs> it, thought it wasn't real. 
Um, obviously, CW stars were more synonymous with the fun day with the boyfriend and Bailey. But talk about Triple H pop in MSG when she returns, Dan. I mean, she's going to be loved. Uh, but how will WWE deal with this? How will it deal with the Bailey injury and the Jimmy Uso arrest? Let's find out. Well, the last SmackDown in the Thunderdome, July 9th. Universal champion Roman Reigns kicked off the evening's broadcast, almost immediately taking exception to Edge's claims from a week ago that he is afraid of the Hall of Famer, or is that or that he is in his head? He isn't. He dominated at WrestleMania, won the match, and printed a shirt-based... Topic conversation turned to family, and Jimmy Uso made his way to the ring. After Inspiration Reigns was on vacation, the head of the table said he was busy doing what a cousin could not. Jay Uso made his way to the ring and said he was back for all of them. Jay vowed to always have his brothers back, and Reigns reiterated that no one can touch them when they are all together. The big dog embraced the Usos by putting their family dramas behind them and presenting a united front for any babyface challenger to overcome. Yeah, anyone wondering if W was going to acknowledge troubles this week? Got the answer fairly early as Jay vowed to stick by his brother through all the hard times. And most of Jimmy could be caught after the mid-ring embrace with Reigns. The actual segment reunited the bloodline for a nearly insurmountable obstacle for Edge to overcome. It was outstanding. It's my favourite overall story in WWE as well. So who would you kind of have aligning with Edge? Like you said, any good tag team. You know, talk about Street Profits, any good face tag team now, you can make a storyline of it, especially over the titles and the Universal Championship as well, and it could make all the sense in the world. It's basically written it, all like a free, new three-man group, whoever you wanted. Imagine a New Day versus a Bloodline as well, you know, like especially where they are now in their careers. It's, there's so much opportunity. Well, with Big E and commentator Pat McAfee watching at ringside, enjoying the pedicures at the same time, Nakamura and Baron Corbin continued their never-ending feud in a Money in the Bank qualifier. Or Corbin strangled choke from a resurgent Nakamura and turned him inside out with a big clothesline. King Arts with a Kinshasa and scored a pinfall victory to advance to Money in the Bank. Biggie wearing a Bailey top was a nice touch. The match was okay, but if you can't have a good one after a thousand, I think they should. Indeed, yes. Well, women's tag team champions Natalia and Tamina made their way to the ring and addressed the idea of a new team debuting on SmackDown to try and threaten their reign as a top team in women's wrestling. Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox, recognised as Shotzi and Knox, exploded through the curtain on the former's tank, announcing themselves to the world. Well, yeah, it's their big call-up to the main roster, and the XC Exports dominated the match, completely catching the champions off guard, and then an upset victory from the Blackheart's ball pit finisher on the Queen of Hearts. It is great to see fresh talent. It was a bit of a mess in parts, but if you've seen NXT, Knox has just returned after some vignettes and Shotzi teams uh, with Moon. It's a bit of a surprise, but Knox has had three torn ACLs in the last four years as well, which is uh, incredible when you think about it. Indeed, yes. Well, Sonia Deville officially announced the injury suffered by Bailey. Hang on, Dan. Was it a Deville reveal, was it? It was a Deville <laughs> reveal. Indeed, yes, James. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, she revealed something. Uh, no, uh... Deville revealed the announce uh, the injury suffered by Bailey before throwing to a pre-recorded video in which the role model blamed fans for her misfortune. From there, the Pride Fighter and WWE official revealed that Bianca Belair will defend her SmackDown Women's Championship next week against Carmella. Oh. Went to speak and to be cut off by Liv Morgan, who took exception to the considered favoritism. Deville told Morgan she was replacing Carmella in a Money in the Bank match to which a former Riot Squad member vowed to win and cash in on her rival. Belair appeared and questioned Bailey's injury before promising to beat Carmella next week. And then we see a video package Aaron promising the upcoming debut of Tony Storm to the main roster. Uh, Storm versus Belair will be fun. Carmella versus Belair might not be. Uh, Dan, Tony Storm coming to SmackDown, is that a good sign? I think it is, yes. Um, absolutely. We both really like what Tony Storm brought to NXT UK and... Uh, you know, what she can certainly bring to the main roster. Well, we've got a final Money in the Bank qualifier now, Cesaro versus Rollins. The back and forth match saw both men seize control at different points until the Swiss cyborg spun Rollins repeatedly. The architect fought back, busting open his opponent's forehead as Kevin Owens, sitting in on commentary, alerted the viewer to an exposed buckle. Cesaro, slowed by his head injury, repeatedly found himself fighting the referee's count on the floor until Rollins delivered a wicked DDT on the entrance ramp. Cesaro fought through the blood pouring into his eyes and beat the ref's count back into the ring 
only to fall prey to the stomp. So that Cesaro win and push at Mania has kind of screeched to a halt. He loses at Backlash versus Reigns and now twice to Rollins. Of course, the match was quality in the blood. wasn't accidental as they kept showing it. The ref didn't get involved, didn't put anything like this. So I was starting to think to myself, well, why are they just doing it for? Uh, Rollins qualifies for the second one in the back match. Dan, we all know what he did in the first one <laughs> and how that went down. Absolutely, yes. Would you say that is the greatest cash-in of all time? I think it's got to be up there, isn't it? Yeah. It has. Well, main event segment. And the rated art superstar doubled down on the idea that Reigns fears him. He vowed to take the Universal Championship money in the bank. He threw down a verbal punk card called Reigns out. The tribal chief watching the locker room rose with his cousins to stay backstage. Reigns made his way to the ring only for the Usos to make their way to his side. With Jay sizing his concerns of a trap. The head of the table entered the ring without his cousins and exchanged rights and lefts with Edge before Ray and Dominic Mysterio returned, wiping out the Usos at ringside. Well, Jimmy and Jay fought back, but not for Edge. Planted Reigns with an impaler DDT. He set up for a spear, but the Usos took him down. Mysterio's made a save, but Reigns escaped up the ramp. Edge, with the assistant of the tag champs, tied a chair assist across face to Jay as the tribal chief watched on from the stage. So it was Jimmy last week, Jay this week. Another message sent. Edge is unhinged. Smackdown was fun. And we move on to July 12th. Yes, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Paul Orndorff has unfortunately passed. His son announced it in an Instagram post. He was 17. He said, it's with great sadness I announced the passing of my father, Paul Paulette Orndorff Jr. He's better known as Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Most of you remember him for his physique. Many remember his intensity, but I can only get to understand and see his heart. He will always be pop, poor, poor and daddy at home. As much as many of you hated him as a wrestler, he's absolutely loved you for it. He was an amazing father that showed me more love than I ever deserved. I love you, Daddy. Travis Orndorff said Paul had been dealing with dementia, which he believes was caused by traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah, good enough. CTE, active brain condition caused by, which can only be di- diagnosed post. Several wrestlers have been diagnosed with CTE following their death. Paul Orndorff spent a quarter decade in wrestling, getting his start in the territories before signing with WWF. He was with the company in, until '88. When a freak bowling, they returned in 1990 with WCW and then Smokey Mountain. Well, Smokey Mountain led to Orndorff, he signed with WCW in an extended run that continued throughout the final episode of Nitro. And one, a neck injury suffered during a match at the 2004 Brawl Pay Few, which we actually seen on the Double Night Podcast as well, led to his retirement. With the last effects injury causing significant muscle loss in his arm. While Orndorff never won a single championship with W or WCW, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2005. He's also a member of the NWA Hall of Fame, and he will be missed. What about that, Dan? Eh? One of the uh, people that main event the very first WrestleMania as well. Indeed, Jess, and uh, he was the last surviving member of the Heenan family, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, Haku involved there. A lot of people have, have said that as well, but like I said, we'll miss. We move on to Raw, the last show in the Thunderdome, and we start off with Lashley versus Woods. Well, Lashley slammed his opponent a few times before throwing him out of the ring. He posted up in the corner and cut Woods' spear. Instead of going for the pin, the Almighty wanted the hurt lock. Woods took advantage and used an inside cradle to get the upset victory. And so Bobby loses just like he did before the last pay-per-view. But Woods definitely deserves something after this and a really, really good match. Bliss then had even do drop at the playground, but Marie soon left. And then Mahal was in ring with Drew's broken sword. His broken sword. The Scottish warrior did not show up until we saw a shot of him backstage. He taunted Mahal and called him a liar. The Maharaja revealed that he broken the sword in half, but McIntyre revealed it was a replica. He showed that he had the real thing before tearing apart his rival's motorcycle. Yeah, talk about lame. Drew will get booed for shit like this, ladies and gentlemen. Up next, Oscar versus Naomi versus Nikki Ash versus Alexa Bliss. Eva Marie and Dewdrop came down and Eva told Dewdrop to distract Bliss. The former fiend protege ignored Dewdrop and walked slowly out. Dewdrop beat her down. Dewdrop picked up Bliss and threw her over the barricade. When Eva went to check on her, Bliss was gone. Nikki was able to steal the roll-up win over Oscar with a roll-up. She jumped around as she celebrated while Naomi and Oscar looked dejected. Uh, fucking two roll-ups in there as well. Well, poor Oscar. There was just... Here to fill time, it felt like. Cross-fluking a win does not make her the favourites. Well, the Viking Raiders experience and the tag chance had a chance to deliver promos for their matches took place. But well, AJ Styles did all the talk, and that led to AJ versus Ivor. Well, the big man cartwheeled around a clothesline and took Styles down for a near fall. 
then either either ended up scoring a clean win with a version of a seated senton from the corner. Yes, yeah, so AJ Styles helping others as well, but this was too short. And then we had Omos versus Eric. Well, Eric escaped a power slam and went after the big man's leg. Omos caught him in a bear hug and squeezed the life out of him. King started hitting strikes to wear down his opponent, but one huge clothesline from Omos laid him. Omos picked him up for a two-handed choke slam. Yeah, this was even shorter. Up next, Sheamus attacked Carrillo backstage to give himself an unfair advantage for the match. But the ref called for the bell. Carrillo could even stand on his own. Sheamus drilled with a bro kick for the win. The Celtic Warrior went back on the attack, but Damien Priest made the save to force him in the tree. It's a great way to build up the faces, but seriously... Priest and Sheamus should be solid. Uh, then for the Ricochet and John Morrison making the match. But this time it was Fool's Count anywhere. Well, Morrison setting up a ladder as a bridge between the round table. The one and only jumped over it to hit a crossbody. Morrison ended up laying on the ladder and Ricochet put him through it with a massive splash for the pin. Well, this was incredible. This was the match of the week, maybe the month as well. Like I implore you, anybody that's not seen this match, go and check it out. It is something else. These two certainly have a lot of great chemistry in the ring. And, um, you know, with some, like, oh, yeah, it's getting a bit boring now. Like, these have had three matches in a row. There's a reason why they've had three yeah. matches in a row, because they've absolutely delivered every time. Yeah, they shouldn't be so close and kind of maybe, you know, have a bit of space in between them. But these these two delivering week in, week out. Well, it was Raw Women's Champion versus Women's Tag Team Champion when Ray Ripley took on Natalia in the third hour. She applied the sharpshooter, but Ripley countered and sent her into the turnbuckle. She then grabbed Natalia and hit the riptide, finish up for the pin and the win. Flair attacked her Money in the Bank opponent after the match was over and put her in the figure four. Well, Natty is great. If the four horsewoman didn't come around, she would be the one we look at and everything about it. Natalia is fantastic. Uh, we move on to our main event segment. MVP and a group of women he and Lashley roll with are out to celebrate and it took a few tries to eat. Well, he told the woman to leave and ripped into MVP. So Kingston was right about him getting soft. Said losing to Woods was his wake-up call. Lashley said he appreciates everything he's done, but no more women, no more partying. His only goal is to destroy anyone who tries to take him. He proceeded to throw stuff from the VIP. The WWE champion grabbed a mic and addressed his opponent. Destroy Kingston. Well, Bobby sounded great and it's an extra layer as well. It's kind of the neurosis that we're seeing from him. But this is the end of the Thunderdome. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts been on the Thunderdome, Dan? You know, like I said, you've not really been a part of it as much as you would have liked, but I think it's kept us sane from how bad it got. It has certainly kept us sane, has something to distract us, has something kind of, you know, with WWE, it's like the show must go on and it does serve an entertaining purpose and there's millions of fans out here that kind of, you know, look forward to it and enjoy tuning in each week to see it and to see it, you know, kind of, Returning back to normal, I think it's a sign that things are going to change for the better. Well, we're on to news. News! And um, pro wrestling history was made on Monday night as Kelsey Heather became the first wrestler to in both WWE and AEW programming on the same night. The former NFL cheerleader was on Monday Night Raw as one of Bobby, Lady's, uh, Bobby Lashley's ladies during a backstage segment and closing VIP lounge. While at the same time, she was featured on AEW Dark Elevation's Layla Hirsch. Well, Raw was taped inside the WWE Thunderdome in Tampa last Tuesday, while Elevation was taped in Miami last Wednesday. Since Heather isn't signed to either company, she was able to appear on both shows. Heather didn't have much luck against legit Layla losing in less than 90 seconds, but it's just like Rick Rude. Wasn't jobbed out. Dan, what are your thoughts on that little bit of history? I think that is, you know, it's saying quite mad. Do you think either company realised? You know, it's like... Well, look, she's there. Do you reckon we could get her in a match as well? Do you know what? I bet they didn't have a clue. But like you said, it's a nice little uh, bit of news there. We move on to our last episode. We've flew, flown through Raws and Smackdowns, but it's July 16th. It's Smackdown Live, Dan. 495 days since fans. And we see Mr. McMahon kicking off the show, entering the arena and asking the audience, where the hell you been? Before returning to the locker room. Yes, then Roman Reigns drew a thunderous mix of cheers and boos as he entered the ring. The Universal title in hand, flanked by both the Usos and Paul Heyman for a six-man tag team match. Right, so Dan, what's it like? Was it the crowd being back? What are your thoughts on that? And the pop Edge got as well was incredible, you know? It was absolutely brilliant. Seeing him coming out to the kind of, you know, just his entrance, just the sheer energy. It kind of looked like it had revived him, you know? It's like they say that you kind of... The fan is the extra part of you, and I think that kind of 
with Edge, that is more truer than most. Yeah, and like I said, Roman Reigns' reaction, Vincent Man. But the, there's a big screen there, and as we said as we're watching it, it's that my problem is there's it's just a big screen now, so there's nothing else. But the set still looks cool, and how great does it look to have fans in the arena as well? You know, absolutely, it's brilliant. It is, you know, it's how it should be with wrestling. Well, we got to the six-man tag team match. Actually, action broke down. Edge speed Reigns on the floor, back in the ring, a cheap shot from Jimmy allowed Jay to roll Ray up for the tainted pinfall victory. Usos beat down the mysterious after the match until Edge made a save with a chair. Reigns rocked the number one contender with a Superman punch and T's using the same broken piece of chair. Edge, the rated R superstar, seized the opening and delivered the spear, then trapped Reigns in a still cross face to the delight of... Well, well, it is great to have the fans back. Um, it's a fun match. It felt awesome. Ray and Edge, of course, running back the clock as well. But now Edge has had Jimmy, Jay, and now Roman in the same submission. And i got to say, it's been a really fun story about that as well. Well, backstage, uh, after latest backstage confrontation in Seth Rollins, between Seth Rollins and Edge, in which the former vowed to win Money in the Bank and cash it in, made the match famous. Sami Zayn entered the arena and continued to tout his about injustice and his... Ex- well, Finn Balor's music played and the Prince made his return to SmackDown, confronting his fellow NXT champion to a big reaction. Balor countered a sneak attack by Zayn, downed him and delivered a coup de to the fans. Yeah, I mean, Zayn held in the palm of his hand, but it's great to see the fans do the arms with Balor. Let's see how this goes. Well, Shotzi and Knox f- sought to follow up their victory over women's tag team champions, Natalia and Tamina, with a second again in a non-title match. This time, as Money in the Bank entrance, Zelina Vega and Liv Morgan watched. Well, the champions were well on their way to victory late in the match when Morgan and Vega's bickering turned into a brawl. That distracted Natalia and allowed Knox to score the win off a skid roll-up. Yes, another roll-up. <laughs> you are fucking hating it. Once you find roll-ups, you'll never stop seeing them. Well, after the match, the infuriated Tamina and Natalia unloaded on Vega and Morgan only for Liv to turn the tides and stand tall, pointing to the briefcase overhead in a potential sign of a night. I mean, this was okay. Nothing groundbreaking, really. And then the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bianca Belair versus Carmella. The EST controlled early, only for Carmella to in the favour, heading to the break. Belair fought back after the break, powering her opponent. Carmella answered with a hurricane on the top rope. And a guillotine, she scored a near four at the champion's ponytail, only for Belair to whip her with it in the midsection to deliver the KOD for the successful defence. I mean, this was okay, but does Belair use the hair whip as a signature move now? Is that the setup? Because she's done it against Banks and Bailey, and now, of course, against Carmella. Carmella has grown on me. She's get, she's not as terrible as I, I think. And uh, again, like we spoke about yesterday with, with um W. Morrissey, maybe they've been tired with the Enzo brush and we need to look at them with a fresh set of eyes. Uh, but we see Otis attack Cesaro backstage, leading to a match with Cesaro defeated Otis via disqualification after Chad Gable interfered. Cesaro was able to lock in a swing and swung Gable around several times before Otis intervened after the DQ. Otis then took out Cesaro with a splash off the top rope. Otis getting the did no reaction. Who the hell did Cesaro annoy? Whose sandwich did he eat? You know, accidentally, <laughs> you know, like... Who did he piss off backstage? Yeah. I think, you know, um, unhappy. Um, Baron Corbin made his way to the ring, a disheveled mess as the commentators recapped his recent downward spiral. Well, Corbin implored the audience to help him financially, introducing a Corbin Fumby site, and I have checked it, and it is real. As he got down on his knees to beg... Uh, Kevin Owens' music played. KO, clearly fired up by a live audience, made his way to the ring and confronted him. I love Owens because you know how some wrestlers don't sell the fact that the audience are back in. When Owens comes out, and he's just like, yeah! <laughs> like, he, just, he just loves it. Um, of course, after Corbin stuck his own foot in his mouth by insulting Owens, uh, we see KO dropping him with the stunner. Uh, Biggie joined him in the ring as a fateful way main event was prepared. Uh, Shizuka Nakamura and Seth Rollins rounded out build. Uh, Owens was pleased to be in front of fans. But what we're going to see next, Dan, I want to find, I'll be waiting this question in my head to find out who you hate more where, between two men. And it's not Baron Corbin or Kevin Owens. It's another two men. We're going to find out. In a... Do you like the fact that Biggie's still kind of doing his Biggie New Day shtick or do you prefer him to come out strong, come out like like a force to be reckoned with, or do you like him kind of swimming in the ring and kind of doing his... Uh, I'd rather have him have the New Day gimmick. There's no doubt about it. But if they've got this, then they're still with this. So Biggie's a, he's shown that he can be serious and he can be silly, and he's got everything. 
And I think that's the storyline that you said they can look at when he goes on that title run of the kind of more serious side of Biggie, but not taking away everything that we like. Because how many times have we seen that with either a face or a heel? You take away everything you like about them, and they just become this kind of generic person. Good point. Well, he asked me what was wrong with Corbin. That is what's wrong with him at the moment. That's why he started to go thumb me. Oh, poor Baron. I love this. This is brilliant. We're going to find out who Dan hates. It's going to be tough. Here we go. Is this him? It is him. So I actually don't mind that. I think that's all right. What? You don't mind Rick Boogs? Yeah. If he's actually playing that guitar, then You really think he's playing that. that guitar? Oh, no. You never know. <laughs> Rick Boogs. I am glad that Nakamura's back to here. Even Big E danced along to Nakamura's theme. Well, you say, if you like, look, Pat McAfee, look at this. No. No, what's that great? He's danced along as well. No. No. <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think they immediately cut away from it? <laughs> Look, he's only now saying we're dancing. Look, he's fun like you. No, he's, he's you. a tit. No, he's nothing like me. <laughs> I'm Rick Booze. You're Pat McAfee. No. <laughs> uh, quality. So, out of the two, Dan, who do you prefer? Uh, I prefer Boogs. Can you definitely. say his name as he pronounces it? Rick Boogs. No, Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs. <laughs> Oh, we have a laugh. Well, the action got underway fast and furiously when Rollins, Biggie, and Owens taking big bumps to the floor, heading to the break. Back from the timeout, the action broke down. Owens delivered a top rope elbow drop off the top of the ladder, driving Nakamura through the announce table. Holy shit. Well, back inside, Rollins delivered the stomp to Biggie, driving him face first into another ladder for the pinfall victory. He stood tall atop a ladder to close out the sh- So Rollins stands tall. It's a great event and a really enjoyable SmackDown. Dan, what were your thoughts on this SmackDown? It was really, really good. Indeed, yeah. You know, it was great to see the fans back. I certainly think they add something to SmackDown. You know, they add something to live shows. They certainly bring like a live reaction that you kind of just didn't get from the Thunderdome. And, uh, you know, also, are they trying to kind of deliver a spoiler to us or something? You know, showing us clips from WrestleMania 2015 <laughs> when Seth Rollins cashed in to make himself Mr. WWE Champion. Well, that's what I'm saying. But really, really good stuff from SmackDowns. we got it on still in the background. But we'll just run through the card quickly. And we start off with the kickoff show match. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champion Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus you. So, Dan... How do you think this is going to go? I want to get your predictions um, as well, young. I, I think this is going to be quite a very good match, to be honest with you. I think uh, both teams can certainly uh, certainly bring it. Um, you know, Dominic Mysterio is probably going to be the wild card in this match for me. I think, you know, if he can show up alongside his dad, I think this could be a show-stealing match. So who are you going to go? Who are you going to plump for in this one? The Usos, the Bloodline, getting their belts? I think the Bloodline, yeah. I am going to say that the Mysterios retain in this one. If they're going to take, change the titles, don't do it on a kickoff match. For goodness sake. Up next, the Royal Tag Team titles online. AJ Styles and Omos versus the Viking Raiders. We've seen the Viking Raiders getting victories over the AJ Styles recently. Does that mean anything leading into this match, Dan? Well, if you're going to change the titles, don't put it on the dark match, James. I mean, come on. Um, no, I think AJ Styles and Omos are going to be able to pick up the victory. Omos is too much of a man-mountain to overcome. Yeah, well, it won't be a dark match anyway, will it? Unless, you know, we're not going to see it. Hopefully, we will on a show. A kick-off match, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean. A dark match is any match that is not on the live show, James. We both know the wrestling fans. Don't be such a smart. <laughs> so, who are you going for? I'm going to say Styles and Omos for that yeah. one. So, AJ and Omos with that one. The Raw Women's Championship on the line. Ray Ripley, Charlotte Flair match. They've been feuding since WrestleMania Backlash for the third time on pay-per-view. We've seen there and done that. This should be the end, but which way is it going to end, Dan? You know Charlotte's going to get the victory. No, I, I hope Rare Ripley gets the victory. I want Rare Ripley to get the victory, but I want Ripley to win. So who are you going to go? You're going to go Charlotte or Ripley? I'm going to stay with Ripley. You're going to go Ripley. I'll say Ripley retains as well, but I will say look out for maybe a cash-in. It depends who wins the money in the bank match. Uh, talking of which, we've got the men's money in the back match. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Big E, Drew McIntyre, Riddle, Ricochet, John Morrison. This should be a cracker, Dan, shouldn't it? With the talent involved in this, I mean, kind of, you know, you've got big guys. You know, Owens, Big E, McIntyre. You've got, you know, the, the really talented guys, Rollins, Ricochet and John Morrison. This match should be one for the ages. The only other. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> who's going to win then? Um, Probably fucking Riddle, isn't he? 
twats. <laughs> you uh, say Riddle? No. Go on, no. dare you. I think Kevin Owens. You're going to go Owens. Owens. Me? I'm going to say that um, usually people lose before Money in the Bank because it's a bit more surprising. Because Big E at the pinfall vic- loss against Rollins. So I'm going to say Big E's the man to get it. But he's not going to cash it on a Roman. He's going to go over and seek justice for Kofi Kingston because Kofi's facing Bobby Lashley for the uh, WWE Championship on Raw. And now Kofi could win. That would be a good setup. But I feel Lashley breaks Kofi and then Biggie steps up for New Day. Dan, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, you know, <coughs> you know what I've already said about Seth Rollins and cashing. You know, that would be an interesting way of doing it. But yeah, James, your way sounds great. Um... If I could, if you could have, if you could choose the winner, if you was writing a script and you could choose the man getting the victory, who would you choose? At the moment, I would choose Big E. He would make the most sense for me. I'd go Ricochet. You'd go Ricochet? Yeah. But he won't cash in successfully. Yeah, he will. <laughs> he won't. He will. This he is won't. my story, James. Look, I'm they're, writing they're, it like, The thing is, is there's Morrison, Owens... Uh, McIntyre, Big E, Rollins. You know, with the story set for Rollins, yes, you could see the cashing with Edge, and that makes sense. With Big E, you've got the history with Lashley, or even the altercation with Paul Heyman on SmackDown here. McIntyre, you know, beating Lashley's an easier story. What about John Morrison? What about he goes... This has never been done in Money Bank before, Dan, right? So Morrison comes out with a Miz. He goes down. He takes out the champion. And just as he's going to cash in the contract, the Miz attacks Morrison from behind as he's cashed it in, costing him that opportunity. Champion obviously retains. And then you start Morrison and Miz because Morrison said, I had that moment and you've taken it away from me. He went to cash in and the Miz has cost him. No, James, you know what happens? John Morrison wins it. And he says, right, I'm going for the only title I haven't had. The AEW <laughs> Championship. Yeah. Kenny fucking Omega, get out here now. Right, so anyway, so your pick for Money in the Bank, the men's match. Obviously, I've got Big E, you've got Owens. What about the Raw WWE title matchup, Lashley Kofi? Um, I think Lashley is going to get the victory here. But I think it's going to be a great, great matchup. And then the women's uh, Money in the Bank match. You've got Tamina versus Natalia versus Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Oscar and Naomi. Uh, out of all these, I mean, Oscar would maybe make more sense. Or are we waiting for someone to be taken out so a certain Miss Lynch can uh, fill the slot? Well, someone might act backstage and start limping her way towards the ring. Zelina Vega. I mean, didn't it happen to her before at the Royal Rumble? Wasn't it Zelina Vega? No, that was... Uh, that was no, it was Lana. Lana, that's yeah. it. Well, anyway, you know... <laughs> Close. <laughs> or, or is Zelina Vega come back for a win? Well, this is the thing, and, and this is difficult. Can Nikki Ash, a superhero, get the victory and kind of build that momentum that she's got? Will we see Oscar kind of reclaim the phone? Phone? Will we see the and maybe problems with her and the Tamina over the tag titles? Or about Alexa? I think Alexa Bliss is a favourite at the moment. I think she is, yes. Naomi and her nice trainers could uh, certainly do a good number, though. Yeah, so I'm going to say Bliss is my pick for this one. Unless, of course, someone gets taken out before the match, then I'm going to switch to Lynch. But Dan, who are you saying? Um, yeah, I'd have to say Miss Bliss. Bliss. And then finally, the main event for the Universal Championship. Edge never held that title, looking to be uh, a champion once again, beating Roman Reigns. I think this main event is going to go. And what are you expecting this one? Because this should be a classic matchup. Spear versus Spear. I think this is uh, hopefully if. You know, Edge turns up, he should have a great match with Roman Reigns. He's certainly great at playing the uh, the babyface in peril, like, the, you know, the the underdog. But there's still a lot of fight left in the old dog. So I am going to say that we are going to see Roman Reigns winning, thanks to Seth Rollins, uh, costing Edge in some way. Now, a cash and attempts on that would be really cool, but I just think Rollins is going to get involved. He's going to be pissed off about losing a men's match uh, and, and interfere. I think this will... Do you think this will main event the show? I think it will do. But as I've said, if it if it main events the show and Seth Rollins wins, he is going to cash in in that match at Reigns versus Edge. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see actually what happens because we build it up quite enough. So, Dan, what are your thoughts of uh, WWE? Of course, we've been there. Uh, you've been a long time since you've been there. We've just caught up in the previous month. I think it's great to see the fans back. I think that is kind of um, one of the main things. There is some very good goods going on, but it seems like, you know, some things never change. It's like Baron Corbin, he's still kind of boring. He's still droll. <laughs> um, you know, Pat McAfee still irritates the piss off of me. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think with WWE, there's a, certainly a lot more. 
I think it's been good, though. I think it's improved drastically, Dan. If you were doing this six months ago, I think, you know, you would have quit by now, so to speak, how bad it's got. But now it's finally getting some. Speak to finally, we're finally going to talk about Terry Funk. Well, Mick Foley has led tributes to wrestling legend Terry Funk after his battling. The WWE Hall of Famer is in an assisted living facility and his team has released a statement on social media confirming he is suffering from multiple health and they thank their fans. The statement read, yes, Mr. Funk is currently receiving residential care for his multiple, which do affect his mind as well as, as you can imagine, some days are better than others. He and his family appreciate all of your kind words. Well, wrestlers around the world have been sharing photos of the veteran who's incredible career span more than decades so we make waves in the likes of WWE and ECW without captions and the mark of respect. And meanwhile, W himself said, few of them much fighting them as Terry Funk wishing all the best to W Hall of Famer and his family. JBL wrote people posting pics of Texas legend Terry Funk. I lies and they got tagged with him and rode the rose with him. Love me some Terry Funk wishing the best health and happiness. But Ter- Tommy Dreamer did give us an update. He says, yes, everyone needs to relax. I just got off the phone with Terry Funk. He's not in a bad... He loves everyone talking about him. A direct quote from the Funker. I'm currently sitting in an assisted living place with my thumb up my ass, whistling Dixie, but I don't remember the words. (laughs) So that is Terry Funk at his best, I would say. Indeed, yes, and I think that is a great way to leave it. So that is it. Uh, Don't forget, of course, all social media, uh, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. I'm at WNR Dan. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all the Google platforms send us an email. WNRpodcast.gmail.com and YouTube's on my podcast. All the latest clips and podcasts got at the same time on YouTube. Let's do SoundCloud. On your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes. Make it down. Subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be NXT Update with Monty. Dan will be back for NXT UK at the start of the next month. But till then, I've been James Rowlands and I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for Bye. Bye.